Jeff Dean Show on ESPN Tucson is brought to you by Desert Diamond Casinos. Desert Diamond is true Tucson. Tucson's only local morning sports talk show. The Jeff Dean Show starts now. Good morning, Tucson, and welcome to the Jeff Dean Show. I am Jeff Dean here with you on this Monday morning, January the 10th, 2022. It is 7.02 on your Tucson morning, and you're listening here live on 1490 AM, 104.9 FM, ESPN Tucson, and we are Tucson's only local morning sports talk show. I have missed you guys probably more than you missed me. had unexpected uh, just... Yeah, just unexpected illness last week. It wasn't COVID or anything. It felt like COVID, uh, but I know that it wasn't, so that's a good thing. It just it was uh, it was rough last week. I'll be honest. So I, you know, glad to be uh, back again here. And it just it sucks because I had so many things that I wanted to talk about last week. And if you follow me on Twitter, you noticed that I was on Twitter voicing my opinions and uh, you know spreading the. The love out there is, uh, is a, I just, I just been a little, I've been a little on edge lately. Like, honestly, like since the, you know, about the middle of December, I guess, um, I've just been kind of on edge and pardon me. A lot of it stems from the fact that the Wildcats can't get a game against anybody in men's basketball right now. Uh, nobody wants to play the Wildcats and I don't care what anybody says. There's obvious ducking going on. Something is, is. There's there's a very uh, very discernible uh, act being taken against the uh, you know anybody playing the Wildcats right now at least is any of the marquee teams playing the Wildcats we'll get into that a little bit later on the show but it, it's got me just completely perturbed and if I'm perturbed I can only imagine how upset the coaching staff and the players are not being able to play um, especially when you're watching these other teams that you're supposed to be playing scheduling non-conference opponents against cupcakes. And going out there and, and uh, playing, you know, basketball instead of doing what they're supposed to be doing, which is playing their scheduled games in the conference. So I, I'm, you can tell, I'm a little, <laughs> a little on edge about that. Uh, it's been stuck in my craw for quite some time. We're going to get it out today, and uh, you know, hopefully the Wildcats can get a game against Colorado. Hopefully something doesn't come up, you know, something miraculous. I mean, you know, knock on wood here on the wooden desk that I'm sitting at. Uh, you know, the Wildcats are the only team to be completely unaffected by COVID in their own uh, in their own ranks. At least men's basketball, women's basketball has uh, has been affected twice during the global pandemic. The nearly two years now of the global pandemic, and uh, you know, Wildcat men's basketball continues to do all the right things and making sure that they're healthy enough and and prepared to play. They're doing their part, and they're not allowed to play anybody. It's just it's frustrating as all hell. So hopefully nothing happens between now and Thursday, and the Wildcats can actually get a game as the Colorado Buffaloes are scheduled to come into town and then followed up by the other Rocky Mountain School. Of course, Utah, they're scheduled to be in town over the weekend as well. So, we'll, of course, we'll have some previews for that and, uh, and such as we get closer. But, uh, you know, Buff's coming off a win yesterday. We'll certainly talk about that a little bit later on the week. But right now it's football, man. Football is king, and... <laughs> It's it's just a matter of time before I get to it, and I will absolutely get to it today, uh, what happened in last night's game. Now, <clears throat> in looking here at NFL Week 18, I was uh, you know, I sat down at my desk, and you know, about, you know, know, about I got up really early this morning. I was up at before 4 o'clock this morning and just couldn't sleep because 
I, I had like I still had visions of that game in my mind. 272 games. First time the NFL has ever played a 17 game season, uh, 18 weeks in the uh, you know in the regular season, and it all came down to game number 272, and it was the game of the year. Period. End of story. That was fascinating, remarkable, amazing, intense, incredible, dramatic. I mean, what, you know, whatever word you want to throw on there, or whatever 15 words you want to throw on there, that's what it was. It was, it was incredible. And uh, it, 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 uh, literally, it kept me up. I couldn't go to bed afterwards because I was, so, uh, I was so intent on just thinking through the thought process of Brandon Staley and Rich Bisaccia, the two head coaches in that game, like how would I how would I have done that? Would I would I have you know done a gentleman's agreement you know kind of across the the field at one another and been like uh, I'm I'm just gonna play it out here. We're both gonna go into playoffs and you know, we both get to keep playing for another week. But then the other side of me is like, no, screw those guys, man. They're they're AFC West rivals. We play to win. If I take my foot off the gas now, I lose the respect of my players. We keep our foot on the gas. It feels good to win. If we push the envelope here, and even if we don't win, if we miss the field goal, we drop a big ball, you know, drop a big pass on fourth down, going for it, you know, trying to trying to you know get ourselves some extra yards, get us in position, whatever have you. At least I'll have the respect of my players knowing that I tried, that I that I fought my ass off for them, that I didn't just give in to the mathematics of this weird season. So I applaud Rich Bisaccia, even as much as I. Hated ripping up that uh, you know the the virtual ripping up of a digital ticket from my FanDuel sportsbook parlay that I had that played out so nicely. <laughs> I had a Hunter Renfro anytime touchdown. I had a Josh Jacobs anytime touchdown, and I had a uh, Austin Eckler anytime touchdown. All three of those hit. All I needed was the Chargers to win the game or push because push would have you know would have that that uh, leg of the parlay would have fallen off. I got to pay down the other three, which would have paid out really nicely actually. But no, it wasn't to be. Brandon Staley, once again, you know, look, this. people are acting like this is the first time that Brandon Staley has made a judgment mistake in the middle of a game in, you know, flirting with his team's ultimate uh, ultimate demise. This season as a rookie head coach, he, he'd done it, he's done it several times before. There were, there were other times this season where I was scratching my head at what Brandon Staley could have possibly been thinking in that moment. Why would you go for it on fourth down there? Why would you call a timeout there? And I'm not talking about just in last night's game. I'm talking about previous games. Charger fans, you know what I'm talking about. You felt it all season long. We'll get into that a little bit more. Um, I will say this. You know, there, there's, a, there's, been a lot of, there's been a lot of discussion. We'll, we'll put it that way. We'll, we'll, we'll put a nice word on it. Discussion on the social medias between fans that have taken – one side or the other in the did Brandon Staley cost his team a win by calling a timeout discussion, the, the, the debate there. Um, I, I've, I've read a lot of very intelligent takes on both sides, a lot of very well-thought-out opinions from people on both sides. I will tell you this, that in the moment, right then and there, in that moment as I'm watching the game, I thought it was the dumbest move in the history of the NFL. <laughs> I I couldn't believe that he'd call a timeout in that moment because at that time, you know, you're thinking, okay, it looks like the Raiders are just, you know, they're, they're just going to run out the clock here. 
It's third and four. They're just going to run out the clock. Your defense sucks. Do not give them another opportunity here. The Raiders seemed like, you know, we're not going to push it. We're not going to, you know, get ourselves into a situation where we only get a yard or two on third and four and then give the ball back to Los Angeles. The, the Raiders were going to run that clock down to the nub. They were, I mean, they were going to have to run a play in four seconds regardless, right? Had to run a play in four seconds regardless. They were going to run that clock down to the nub so that they made sure that Justin Herbert didn't get another shot at it, which is, I'm going to talk about in a little bit as well. Um, <laughs> so in that moment, he calls timeout 38 seconds left on the clock. And I'm like, wait, wait, what are you doing? What, what are you, why? Why are you doing this? I couldn't believe that he called timeout in that moment. You know, sports is, you know, it's, it's, a, it's a practice in momentum. It's, it's trying to figure out which team has the momentum at any given moment, not just for a, you know, for a span of 10 minutes or 20 minutes or whatever. We're talking about in, mat- in matters of seconds, which teams gain and lose momentum in matters of seconds in the game, football being one of the more prevalent, you know, one of the more prevalent, uh, you know, pieces of, of that way of thinking. And in that moment, I felt like calling the timeout was just just begging the Raiders to go for it and kick the field goal, uh, you know, change up the play instead of instead of go instead of go conservative, which it looked like they were going to run a draw play. To be honest with you, because Derek Carr was in the shotgun, they were at eleven personnel, one tight end, one back, three receivers. Okay, they're in they're in shotgun. They were probably going to run some type of a draw, spread them out try to keep the safeties and the corners out of the box and just run a draw play and see what happens. Brandon Staley calls timeout, says after the game that he wanted to get the right personnel on the field. Okay, sounds good, except you didn't because at the at the moment that he called timeout, he had his nickel package in there. They were running a 4-2-5, okay, four-man front, two linebackers, two run-stuffing linebackers, and, and to say run-stuffing, uh, for a, any kind of uh, of a Los Angeles Chargers player is an affront to the word run-stuffing. But let's just say that the job of the linebackers is well-defined, and to have two of them on the field to play against the run is a lot more advantageous than what they were about to do. Because what they did during that timeout was change personnel. They went to the dime package. Okay, And if you're not familiar with that, that's a four-man front with one backer, and you bring in an extra safety. So you have six defensive backs in the game to stop the run against a team who's going to line up with a tight end and smash it down your throat. So you take your linebacker out, and you put in a safety who's playing in his second season in the NFL that only has one job on dime package, which is to replace the vacated area of the linebacker who runs the uh, essentially, you know, runs into the play. Instead of attacking a gap, they're just there just to kind of replace that space. It's almost like a, almost like just a safety zone type of situation. So not only did he call a timeout at the wrong time, he also said that he wanted to make sure he got the right personnel on the field. It went from a nickel package, which is a much more stout defensive package for stopping the run, went to a dime package. 
the Chargers or the the Raiders see this and they say, well, this is our opportunity. They seize the moment. They went, they went with Derek Carr under the gun, and this time instead of spreading everybody out, they went Renfro. They put Renfro in. Uh, uh, it wasn't Renfro. It was uh, the the other wide receiver. I can't remember uh, Zay Jones. Zay. They put Zay Jones in. They had him in in motion as essentially a kickout for that corner or that safety who was going to try to cheat and cut that edge off, right? So now instead of just running a draw, they're going to run an off tackle play, try to get that first down. And against the Chargers, whose run defense has been terrible, we've talked about on the show many times how bad it is, and it was going to cost them. And it did, because they get to go fishing for the playoffs this year. Go golfing. Uh, so he brings in the dime package. The linebacker essentially takes himself out of the play because he has, I don't know, I don't know what his what his duty was in that particular uh, that particular scheme, that particular play call on defense. But it wasn't it wasn't any, anywhere near the type of execution that was required. It looked like he was just expecting Josh Jacobs just to run up into the line of scrimmage and fall down. And the Raiders were like, nah, we, 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 see a, we see a moment here to take advantage of this. And he bounces outside, goes 10 yards, and now they're in business. Now they're, now they're cooking with Crisco. Because now instead of trying to kick a if, – if Jacobs doesn't get the first down, if he gets two, three yards, whatever, let's say, they're going to have to attempt a 56-yard field goal, low trajectory kick. I know that Carlson has never missed a kick in that building, but they haven't exactly been there a long time, granted. And so you're talking about a lower trajectory kick against a team who is very much going to try to block that kick. So you may not even want to try to attempt that field goal. You say, you know what, I'm not going to flirt with disaster. We... You know, we weren't able to get the win in regulation. We consider it a gift that they didn't go for two against us when they scored in the final seconds of regulation. We consider it a gift that we got a, a huge, uh, you know, a, 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 essentially a penalty, an offensive penalty against the Chargers when they had a massive play to open up their drive in the overtime that would have put them well within the 30-yard line, the, the plus 30, and moving in and, you know, with a lot of momentum. They wouldn't flirt with that. They would just they would they would say, you know what, we're just gonna kneel on it. We both go to the playoffs. But instead, nope. Brandon Staley overthinks the process because he's not a football player, he's an analyst. He's a he's a nerd. He's a, he's a, he's a he's a math nerd. That's what he is. He does analytics. That's how he got the job. He's a young upstart head coach with a lot of analytical history without any without any playing history doesn't understand the the mindset of another of another football geared human being which is what Rich Basaccia is been doing this for a long time special teams guru Basaccia said you called timeout we're going for the win so i understand both sides i really do and, and i know that i know it sucks that i'm you know it sounds like i'm sitting on the fence here of whether to blame Brandon Staley for calling the timeout or not, the answer is yes. He should have kept that timeout in his pocket because based on what he used that timeout for, it was a massive mistake. The Raiders noticed what was going on, decided to carpe diem, 
Bounced the ball outside. Josh Jacobs made a great run, broke one tackle. They're lucky he didn't break more. Derwin James took himself out of the play. It looked like he didn't care. That safety that they had brought in instead of the linebacker basically stood still and was not even involved in the play whatsoever. Didn't put a hand on anyone. Didn't touch anybody on the play. If you watch that play, that safety that's up in the box doesn't touch anybody. Doesn't doesn't run after the play. Doesn't Nothing. He just stands there. <laughs> so, yes, the timeout was costly because of what came about of it. So I can see both sides. People say, oh, they still, they still would have run the football. Yeah, they would have run the football. They would have run the play that they had called against your nickel defense, which was going to be a draw play. Some type of it – was, it was a draw. They had the right motion. They had Renfro in motion. He was going to go out wide. He wasn't going to kick out that block on anybody. He was trying to draw the safety over, period. They were trying to get a cheapy first down to see if they could squeak out a few more yards before they let the clock run down themselves and call timeout. But Brandon Staley beat him to the punch. And then they came out with the wrong defense, and the Raiders seized it. So, look, good on the Raiders. I, you know, <laughs> hey, I hate ties. So I don't, it's one of the many reasons I don't like soccer. I cannot stay in tie ball games. I need a winner. I need a loser. Somebody needs to pay for their actions. Somebody needs to feel bad about why they weren't able to take home the trophy that day. And somebody needs to celebrate. That's just, that's, that's what... That's what sports is. That's what athletics is about, right? Play the game, have fun, determine a winner. Go party, and then other people feel about think about how they can come back next week better. Well, the, the, the Chargers are going to be waiting a lot longer than that because they have a head coach who continually puts them in situations where they are flirting with disaster. We'll talk about that coming up in a little bit as well. Because at 8 o'clock, as we always do here on Monday on the Jeff Dean Show, it's the Dean's List and the Dunce List. And I think you know somebody who's going to show up on the Dunce List today. <laughs> you got a pretty good idea of one of the names that's going to be appearing on my Dunce List for uh, for this past weekend. All right, we're going to take a timeout. When we return, we're going to continue talking NFL Week 18. The 49ers win over the Rams. What a game that was that nobody's talking about anymore because of last night's Raiders-Chargers game. The Colts. What? What? Big uh, Big Ben with a uh, dramatic story and a win for the Steelers. The Titans mess around, end up with the number one seed anyway. The Lions, hashtag Lionsing it, getting a win, a big win over the Packers, and then losing the number one overall pick in the draft. Oh, boy. There was a lot to digest from Week 18, and I haven't even started scratching the surface on what happened in Glendale yesterday between the Cardinals and the Seahawks. Stay tuned. More from the Jeff Dean Show here on ESPN Tucson. The Jeff Dean Show on ESPN Tucson is brought to you by Desert Diamond Casinos. Desert Diamond is true Tucson. Now back to the Jeff Dean Show on 1490 AM, 1049 FM, ESPN Tucson. Well, we had a feeling it was coming. Black Monday as we... uh, sometimes affectionately call it here in the world of sports the day after the last game of the NFL regular season and it's time to fire some coaches Vic Fangio who was released uh, from his job yesterday in Denver because they played on Saturday so the day after they fired Nick F- uh, Vic Fangio 
Uh, I, I may have some comment on that a little bit later on. I, what he said after the press conference was refreshing <laughs> to me, in my opinion, in the world of, uh, of head coaches. It was not his fault that Denver, you know, what they win, 19 games in his tenure? Eh, quarterback situation there has been terrible. And he admitted it yesterday in a press conference. It was like, or Saturday after the press conference, they asked him, and he's like, the other three teams in this division got better quarterbacks than I do. Period. End of story. Bravo. So uh, Vic Fangio out. Not sure what his future is. He's pretty old. Uh, I think he's about 68 or 69 years old. So he may be uh, done with uh, head coaching in football, maybe go work as an analyst or something somewhere. But uh, uh, obviously a, a real close friend of Jed Fish. So maybe uh, maybe something in the works there. Uh, and then now, just uh, just coming out, just being reported, Mike Zimmer and the general manager Rick Spielman from the Minnesota Vikings have both been fired this morning. Mike Zimmer, who his team has missed the playoffs two years in a row now. I talked to um, a, a guy who used to work for the Vikings and is still a huge fan of theirs. He grew up a fan of the Vikings. No, it's not Larry Fitzgerald. <laughs> it's He's a huge fan of the Vikings. He worked for the Vikings for several years in the NFL and now continues to be a huge fan of the Minnesota Vikings. And I asked him last week about his thoughts on Mike Zimmer. He told me basically that he really likes Mike Zimmer. He thinks he's a good head coach, but it's time for a change. And they just they, they have to they have to move on, unfortunately. And it's just it's just time. And the Vikings apparently felt the same way, and the same way with general manager Rick Spielman. So there's an opening for both jobs in Minnesota. And also, just a few minutes ago, Matt Nagy has been fired from the Chicago Bears as their head coach. No surprise there. Uh, I uh, Many times I would watch a Bears game and just think, like, whoever the head coach of this team is seems like he's in over his head. And a lot of people, I think, agreed with that. Uh, so Matt Nagy has been fired uh, in Chicago. So now uh, there's your three openings right now as it stands. Well, depending on what happened with the Raiders, I mean, it it sounds like they may be wanting to keep Rick Bas- Rich Basaccia, which I don't think would be a bad idea. Look, if the players like playing for him, they went on a run here in the final you know, four or five weeks of the season where they win their last four games by a total of nine points or something like that. But, hey, uh, they fought hard. They played. And, uh, you know, they got themselves in the playoffs. Maybe they keep Rich Basaccia. Uh, the Jags obviously going to be looking for a head coach. And then you got the Broncos, now the Vikings, now the Bears looking for head coaches as well. Who could be next? We'll talk about that uh, another time. Or if we get uh, some more word from fired coaches today here on uh, on the, uh, you know, a dark Monday in the, the, the world of the NFL. So the 49ers yesterday – they're down 17 nothing. They're getting blasted in Los Angeles. Uh, you even had that clown shoes head coach, Sean McVay, celebrating with his players in the end zone, in the middle of the end zone, celebrating, jumping around, hooping and hollering, had to be dragged off the field by the official, told to get the hell off the field, go stand on the sideline where you belong. You're a coach. You're not a player. So they're up 17 nothing. Everybody's feeling good. All of a sudden, Jimmy G wakes up, starts finding Debo Samuel, starts finding Jawan Jennings. The defense starts coming around. And next thing you know, the Rams are in the middle of the fourth quarter with 25 yards of total offense in the second half and down by a touchdown. Or not, I'm sorry, up, tied, tied in the game. The 49ers had just scored a touchdown 
Rams going on, a, on their you know their essentially last drive of the of, of the uh, regulation there. They get down, they score a touchdown. You got to give them credit. 49ers punch right back. Find Jawan Jennings, Jimmy Garoppolo was near perfect in the second half of that game yesterday, and was a huge reason why the 49ers won that football game. It was scary on Twitter because the 49er faithful, the 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 I wouldn't even say the faithful. It was like the, the writers and the people that cover the team are just like, what's this offseason going to be like without playoffs? And Jimmy G, uh, you know, is the reason for them losing and all this other stuff. And, man, a lot of those guys had to eat their words because Jimmy was electric in act number two of their game yesterday against the Rams. They overcame some odds, and we'll talk about it coming up uh, in the 8 o'clock hour. Pretty incredible stuff out of the 49ers. Now, the opposite of that was what the Indianapolis Colts did yesterday. As the Colts, all they had to do was – Get the monkey off of their back. Go down to Jacksonville, win a football game, a place they haven't won since 2014, which is astonishing to think about. They, they cannot win games in Jacksonville. And yesterday, they got boat raced. I mean, Jacksonville came out from the jump and just they socked them right in the mouth. And Indianapolis never fought back. And I'll tell you this, after everything that went down in this offseason between you know people scrutinizing the Philadelphia Eagles for keeping the 33 million dollars of Carson Wentz's contract and sending him away and you know for all those draft picks and whatever and you know for the you know for the Colts you know they brought in Carson Wentz and this is going to be unstoppable Carson Wentz his quarterback rating yesterday was 4.4 like i'm not even kidding you could have thrown the ball 30 times into the ground just spiked the ball 30 times and ended up with a higher passer rating than Carson Wentz had yesterday in a essentially what was a playoff game against one of the league's worst team. I won't call them the worst team because the worst team played a game against the Washington football team yesterday. But yesterday, in essentially a playoff game, win and you're in, you, you just, just solidify your spot there. Make sure that you know the things that are out of your control, you can't, you can't do anything about those with other teams winning and such. Just win your game. You're in. They couldn't even beat Jacksonville. Carson Wentz was awful. And I'll tell you this, he's not the only one that deserves the blame there because I didn't see Jonathan Taylor touching the ball a whole hell of a lot in that game. Why would you not put the ball in the hands of your superstar? And I'm not talking about Carson Wentz. He is not your superstar. So Colts, uh, they're going to be wringing their hands over that one. That was a... A piss-poor performance. Big game out of big, uh, Ben Roethlisberger yesterday. They go into Baltimore. The the Ravens, who just tanked after the, you know, they were 8-3 and three, uh, at one point in the season. They finished the season 8-9. and nine. The Steelers get a chance to poise, you know, put themselves into a position where they get in the playoffs. T.J. Watt ties the, the all-time sack record with Mike Strahan. By the way, best tweet of the day yesterday was T.J.'s brother, J.J., of course, plays for the Cardinals. It says, one minute you're tying the NFL sack record. The next, the next play you're getting kneed in the nuts. Life comes at you awful fast. <laughs> it's true. Yeah, he, uh, he took one. He, he, the boys took one for the team for T.J. Watt after his, getting the, uh, the sack record yesterday. The Titans kind of mess around with the Texans a little bit. Pull out a late win to secure the number one seed. We'll tell you what kind of chances they have coming up throughout the week as we start to preview the playoffs. The Lions, 
get a big emotional win over the Green Bay Packers or what was left of them, and in the process lose the number one overall pick. We'll talk about how that how important that may have been uh, moving forward. The Dolphins finished the season the same way that they started, with a win over New England. Didn't matter. They're not in the playoffs. But they beat New England twice this year. Yay. And Jalen Waddell sets the rookie record for uh, receptions by a wide receiver, breaking Anquan Bolden's record by one. Now, granted, he did do it in 17 games, and we will absolutely talk about this. 17 games is a need an asterisk. He didn't play in two of the games, so he played in 15 games and broke the record. Anquan Bolden played all 16 games for the Cardinals that year, had 101 catches. Let's just let's just call it like it is. It's a record. It will stand. And coming up after the break, the Cardinals get absolutely dominated in the trenches, can't convert in the red zone, and have now lost four of their last five games heading into the playoffs. What is next for the Cardinals? That's next right here on the Jeff Dean Show. The Jeff Dean Show on ESPN Tucson is brought to you by Desert Diamond Casinos. Desert Diamond is true Tucson. Back to the Jeff Dean Show on 1490 AM, 1049 FM, ESPN Tucson. Welcome back to the Jeff Dean Show. I'm Jeff Dean here with you on this Monday here. City of Tucson, state of Arizona. We are Tucson's only local morning sports talk show right here on ESPN Tucson. By the way, if you are looking for um, a way to listen to the college football national championship game tonight, go no further than ESPN Tucson right here, 1490 AM, 104.9 FM. The coverage will start at 5 p.m. And uh, Spears and Ali are going to go for two hours today. They'll be from 3 to 5. Then we'll turn over our coverage to the college football national championship as Alabama takes on Georgia in that game, and we'll have a little bit more on that a little bit later on in the show. But a big game, of course, for the SEC and for nobody else. The Arizona Cardinals lose yesterday 38-30 to at home. It's their fifth straight loss at home. They finish the season 3-5 and at home. Um, thankfully, they're not playing at home <laughs> for the playoffs this year because that would be uh, it would be too easy just to say, eh, they're not going to win that game. Um. But, look, the way that they played yesterday, I, I, to me, I'm shocked they were even in that game. Like, I mean, to only be, you know, losing that game by essentially one possession, 38-30, the final score, I, I, like I still have a hard time believing how that happened because they were just summarily dominated. Now, they did get a defensive touchdown on essentially the first play of the game or second play of the game, right? Um, they get the strip sack of Russell Wilson. And Zach Allen uh, takes it into the end zone for the touchdown. And then Seattle just comes right back in what would be a, I guess, a sign of the things to come in that game on a five-play, 75-yard drive that took only two minutes and a 43-yard hookup with Tyler Lockett. Now, in that game, Seattle had nine plays of 20 or more yards. Nine big, and those aren't even chunk. Those are big plays. 20 or more yards is a big play. It's one-fifth of the field. Uh, nine of them for over 20 yards. They averaged 7.6 yards per play in that game against the Cardinals defense yesterday. The Cardinals, a pedestrian 4.2 yards per play, really couldn't get things going. Um, it was a comedy of errors in, in, you know, in many cases where Kyler Murray passes would just kind of get floated into space where nobody was standing. Um, it was, uh, you know, the offensive line was terrible. 
Kyler Murray was running for his dear life. He had got sacked five times, lost 53 yards in uh, in sack plays in that game. Cardinals' penalties were back. They had six penalties in that game. <clears throat> Again, they were lucky to only lose that game uh, 38-30. It could have been a hell of a lot worse if they were playing a better team. And credit Seattle. Look, they didn't, you know, they didn't have to go in there and play their tails off. But, my goodness, Rashad Penny, 23 carries, 190 yards. He was remarkable in that game yesterday for the Seahawks. So, the Cardinals finished the season 11-6, and kind of backing into the playoffs, but things are not well in Glendale. They are losers of four of their last five games, and now they have to go to Los Angeles to take on the Los Angeles Rams, who are obviously stinging a little bit from their upset loss yesterday to the 49ers. They had the opportunity to win the NFC West uh, you know, yesterday, or I mean, I, should, I shouldn't say they they did win the NFC West, but they, you know they backed into it essentially because the Cardinals also lost. They had a chance to you know seize their own destiny and move up in the seating. They didn't do any of that, so it's going to be an interesting matchup uh, coming up this Sunday, or I'm sorry, Monday. It's the Monday night game. That's right, the Monday night game. I was I I, I was I saw it a mile, coming from a mile away. When you look at the, the playoff matchups um, and you, you look at, like, the host cities and things like that, and you're like, okay, well, where's, you know, where's the big markets? Tampa? No. Okay, Dallas is a big market. Um, Kansas City, Buffalo, Cincinnati? No. Ah, Los Angeles. Yeah, that'll be the primetime game. That'll be the Monday night game because the NFL wants that market for Monday night primetime, which they did. Uh, so the Cardinals are going to take on the Rams Monday night. Uh, that game will be 615 uh, local kickoff and um, – yeah, I mean, it's uh, right now the Cardinals are a four-point dog in that game. Now, this season, the Arizona Cardinals are 6-0 and on the road as a dog. So there's that to be said as well. I'm just looking at it, and, and you know, we'll have a full breakdown Thursday because I'm not going to be on the air Friday. So we'll have a, we'll have a full breakdown on Thursday um, of, of everything. And, look, it, it's they're going in the wrong direction. Like, the Cardinals have not played good football for a month and a half, and you know it's almost like clockwork again uh, for you know for watching a Cliff Kingsbury coach team to play like this down the stretch. So the Cardinals get the five seed. I don't know if anybody's really looking at them as a as a Super Bowl contender. I know I'm not. Um, when you look at the NFC playoffs and you kind of you know get a look at the matchups there, you know the Niners got the Cowboys. The Niners going to Dallas to take on the three-seed Cowboys. And I honestly couldn't think of a worse matchup for Dallas. Like, just the way the Niners play ball, that is not that is not the team they want to be playing. Because, you know, the Cowboys on defense are predicated on turning you over in the passing game, getting you into negative plays in the passing game. The 49ers just don't – I mean, look, Jimmy G will throw some interceptions. We've seen that before. Um but the 49ers don't have a whole lot of negative plays in the passing game. They just don't because they run the football so well. They're so physical running the football that they're going to be able to negate that type of pass heavy, you know, pass rush heavy type of defense um, the, of the of the Dallas Cowboys. So, like, I don't I don't think it's a very good matchup for the Cowboys, and I wouldn't be surprised if the Niners go in there and beat the Cowboys as a three point underdog. The Eagles going to be traveling into Tampa. I think Tampa is a nine-point favorite in that game, if I'm not mistaken. It's right around there. Um, they're not, you know, they're not. Good. Did I just see Brian Flores got fired from Miami? Whoa, no way. 
Yep, he sure did. Wow, Brian Flores just got fired as the head coach of the Miami Dolphins. Not sure that was warranted. That's a weird one. I may have to dig into that a little bit. I didn't see that coming. I, he earned my respect as, as, as a head coach. Apparently didn't earn everybody's respect as a head coach. Uh, but the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, you know, look, obviously they are, uh, they are you know, the defending champs. They've got the number two seed overall. They'll be playing at home, should be comfortable. It'll be interesting, though, to see where they go after that because they are certainly banged up. Um, you know, the weapons offensively are they're hurting a little bit. Tom Brady has shown eh, maybe breaking down a little bit here late in the season. Um, but, again, never count Tom out in the playoffs. <laughs> just You just can't. He's such a hell of a competitor uh, that he's, you know, he's, he's, he's impossible to count out. And, of course, the Green Bay Packers is the one seed, have the bye. They'll be waiting to see who they're going to play. And, look, if, you know, if, if things play out the way that I think they will, I think the Buccaneers will beat the Eagles. I think the Rams will beat the Cardinals. And I think the 49ers will beat the Dallas Cowboys. That means we get a rematch of that Packers-49ers game from early in the season where the 49ers had the Packers down late in that game, gave the ball back to – Aaron Rodgers with 37 seconds left on the clock and no timeouts, and he makes two of the most miraculous throws you'll ever see in the history of football to set up a game winner for the Packers. And that was that was look that was one of the better games of the season in the, in the NFL as well. Uh, so that'll be a very welcome rematch for fans. Over in the AFC, the Kansas City Chiefs going to be staying at home to take on the Steelers, a team that they beat, what, they beat them by 27 or something recently, 24, 27 points recently. I think Kansas City's fair by like 13 and a half points in that game. Pittsburgh's just happy. They're, 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 Pittsburgh gets the we're just happy to be here, uh, you know, trophy essentially. Um, yeah. <laughs> the Pittsburgh Steelers will be uh, will be entertaining fans on the Sunday, night, uh, the Sunday night matchup for a little bit, and then they'll be ousted. The marquee game in the AFC for Weekend 1 is the Saturday night game as the Patriots and the Bills will square off for the third time this season. Now, I went ahead and looked at the weather um, in Buffalo for Saturday night. It's supposed to be around 13 degrees or so. It's going to be, uh, like like, like I said, like 13 to 18 degree or 13 to 18 mile per hour wind gusts, sleet, snow, and just horrible weather. So get ready for a Saturday night snowball. Should be fun. And then the uh, the Raiders taking on the Bengals. Um, and uh, that, that game in Cincinnati, that game will be played on Saturday afternoon. And uh, should be an interesting one there too. Joe Burrow and Derek Carr, both in their first playoff games ever. The college football championship is here. And to celebrate, FanDuel Sportsbook is hooking up new customers with 30-to-1 enhanced odds on either team to win. So, You've got until, you know, 5.30 or whatever tonight to get signed up and get those 30-to-1 odds, which means you can place a $5 bet and win 150 bucks just by betting either team to win. Now, I know Andrew from the afternoon show doesn't like Alabama, but I've learned my lesson about betting against Nick Saban in big games. So I'm riding with Bama to win their seventh national championship. Plus, Georgia's favorite again for the rematch after getting blasted in the SEC championship game, which is just going to add more fuel to the tide's fire so I'm, I'm I'm putting a lot on Alabama, I'll be honest with you. <laughs> I, I, I put a lot on them, so we'll see. Keep our fingers crossed as we're watching the game. Now, you can do that, too. Just sign up for FanDuel Sportsbook using my promo code DEAN to make your first deposit and claim your 30-to-1 enhanced odds, which is 
awesome. A $5 bet wins you 150 bucks if you pick the winner, which is amazing. And then you can explore all the other things later on that, uh, that, that uh, FanDuel Sportsbook offers. They're America's number one sportsbook. The app is it's easy to use. It's really easy to navigate. They send you new offers and promotions every single day. There's all kinds of really fun, I call it like jumping in the fast lane, where you can live bet in games, especially in NBA. It's a lot of fun. Um, and when you win, FanDuel pays you out lightning fast in as few as two hours. And if you're already a FanDuel Sportsbook user, great. They're hooking up customers with that $50 Refer-A-Friend program. Refer-A-Friend. You get 50 bucks, they get 50 bucks. everybody's happy. Don't miss your chance to win $150 off a $5 bet for tonight's college football championship. Just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app today or head to sportsbook.fanduel.com and sign up using my promo code DEAN to get those 30-1 to 1 odds on either team to win tonight's game. 21 and over in President Arizona, and users only $10 first deposit is required. Must wager in designated offer market. Max bonus $150. Restrictions apply. See full terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. If you think you have a gambling problem, call 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text next step to 53342. More after this right here on The Jeff Dean Show. The Jeff Dean Show on ESPN Tucson is brought to you by Desert Diamond Casinos. Desert Diamond is true Tucson. More of the Jeff Dean Show on 1490 AM, 104.9 FM, ESPN Tucson. Yeah, Brian Flores fired in Miami. That's an interesting one. I I didn't see that coming. There must have been uh, a real difference of opinions between the, the, the at the coaching level and at the administration level. I know that Brian Flores wanted to bring in Deshaun Watson uh, to replace Tua because he felt that that was going to be an upgrade at at quarterback, and it is. Um, I know that management did not want the headache that comes along with bringing Deshaun Watson in. That could have been some of the reason. You know, maybe there was a discussion uh, over the weekend after the the Dolphins lost. Um, And, you know, or I'm sorry, not after they lost. They lost out of the playoffs, essentially. Uh, and, and you know, maybe the conversation went something like, hey, you know what, you, if you're not going to give me the tools that I need to win games and get you guys to the playoffs, then you need to find somebody else. And maybe they just said, okay, we'll find somebody else then. Bye. And fired him. I mean, that look, th- this is the way things happen. When you're talking about two very, you know, strong alpha-type entities that are going to sit down at a table and try to hash things out, these are the kinds of things that happen. Um, you know, we've been in these situations. I'm sure you, uh, you know, have been in situations like that. If you're listening out there, and uh, that's that's just the way kind of things go when when two entities meet like that and they have a differencing opinion. So, um, I don't. I mean, where does Brian Flores end up? I, I think he'll have a job in the NFL next year. I think he'll have a head coaching job in the NFL next year. Maybe it's one of the vacant jobs that are out there. Maybe he takes the Jacksonville job. He just moves across to the other side of the coast to, uh, to, to Florida there to take on the Jacksonville job. Um, I don't know if I would want that. But, uh, <laughs> you know, I mean, I'll tell you this. Based on what I saw from Trevor Lawrence this season, I saw a lot of growth. And that throw that he made um, to put them up big in the game yesterday over Indianapolis, that throw that he had to Marvin Jones in the back of the end zone, it, that it was, on, was full display of everything that Trevor Lawrence is as a quarterback and the reason why he you know, was projected to be the number one pick since he was a freshman at Clemson. That play right there, if you watch the replay of that, holy smokes. I was watching that one live. I was like, yep, 
That's why Trevor Lawrence was the number one pick, because of plays like that. If he can just get more of them, <laughs> that would be extremely helpful for Jacksonville. So, you know, maybe Brian Flores ends up over there. Maybe uh, Minnesota takes a flyer on him or Chicago. Maybe, uh, you know, maybe he likes working with – he'll want to work with uh, Justin Fields there, the rookie quarterback. I, I, I mean, I think Brian Flores is a very good football coach, and I think he'll catch on real quick somewhere. His phone may be already ringing off the hook as we, uh, as we speak right now. All right, we still got one hour to go here on this Monday edition of the Jeff Dean Show. I'm so glad to be back with you guys here, man. I, I miss not doing a show when I'm out sick and stuff like that. It's just it's not fun. Not fun for me. Um, coming up in hour number two, the Dean's List and the Dunce List, my heroes and zeros from the weekend it was. We'll take a uh, closer look at the NFL playoff matchups and odds. The Wildcat women lose their first game of the season. The college football national championship game is tonight. God, i got to fit all this stuff into one hour. Stay tuned. It's just a quick two-minute turnaround. We're right back here with you on ESPN Tucson, 1490 AM, 104.9 FM. It's the Jeff Dean Show. From the Casino Del Sol studio, the soul of Tucson, this is ESPN Tucson. KFFN Tucson. KWCX Tank of Verde. KMXZ HD4 Tucson.